Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, Joe. Hi, Oliver. I'm home. You're home, dude. Finally. I see you're your, still uh, in the uh, great outdoors. I am. I'm going to be here for a, for a while. You know, we're doing remote learning here. Kids, kids are going to do school from Colorado. I think we already talked about that, but that's just what's going to happen. But you know what I'm most excited about? I got brand new internet. So now I am clear and I can see you in real time. You can see me in real time. Technology is amazing. Um, how are you, brother? How's it being home? You've been on the road it for a minute. It feels great. As good as it was to get to Tahoe and then Vail and then Aspen and then Denver and the places we all stayed in were great. I'm not complaining. To get back into your own bed is a special moment. And mm-hmm. to have twin two-year-old boys and to actually get a restful night's sleep has been life-changing. I don't mm. think I realized how little sleep I got on that trip because I'm not good in shitty beds. I'm not good with shitty pillows. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to order my pillow. I, I don't know why that guy <laughs> freaks me out. Uh, but well, let I, me just stop uh, you for a I, second. I, I got to stop you for a second because my pillow is massive in our house, okay? My boys have two of them. Aaron has three of them. Aaron should be doing a fucking ad for my pillow. She is obsessed with it. Just pillows in general. It pillows She's in too general. young. Oh, look, look, look. There look, she look, is. Look. Come, in, look come into her. frame. Look, my look pillow right here. Oh, it's it's crazy. My uh, the whole pillow game in my house is so nuts that it I have to just let it go because the boys have inherited Aaron's pillow insanity. When we go to bed at night, Aaron has eight pillows, one in between the legs, one for her hand, one for her little pinky, one for her neck, one for her feet, to the point where I get in bed and there's, an, there's a wall that has built that Mexico yeah, paid for. That's the that's what's going on. Yeah. And I can't even access my wife. She doesn't want you anywhere near her. Yes, but that has spilled over to my children. So my kids each sleep with six plus pillows. They know exactly what pillow is what. About, you know, 85% of the time they run into our room because Aaron has stolen their pillows off of their bed and they, they know it because they know exactly which pillow is which. And now there's all these pillow fights, not in a typical sense, but actually fighting over pillows. So uh, I, I live in that. That is my world that I live in. I think the guy who did my pillow, who does my pillow with the cross mm-hmm. choker all over Fox News uh, 24 seven. 
Yeah. I think he had he has a checkered past and he's come oh, out yeah. with a book about how he was <laughs> like a drug guy and now he's seen the light. No. And he's he's owns his own island because of my pillow and he's just every now it's like my pillow bed and my pillow the lunchbox and my pillow the pillow and my it's he's everywhere but i think like our guest today danny trejo who i didn't know a ton about until i watched the documentary that's out right now mm-hmm. um he has a beyond checkered past and now has Really well, turned his life around. Maybe we need where, to do a you know, documentary on the My Pillow guy. You know what I mean? Maybe it's he's more is we need to do a full expose on the mustached man hey, from My Pillow. I'm My Pillow. My Pillow. I don't know about you, but I don't get good night's sleep. And uh, <laughs> isn't that kind of how he talks a little bit? Yeah, he's like, hey, My Pillow. Yeah. When I was on heroin, I my head would not lay flat on any pillow. <laughs> however uh, heroin did make me feel like i was on my pillow hey when i was doing blow my pillow held the line really nicely really nicely you could fit a little bump in between each little crack crack in the my pillow we're gonna get sued i i just don't feel good about any of this this is all coming out <laughs> i don't no, I wanna, but I think that's real. I think that's yeah. really his story. So I, I'm well, in. If you want to try to fund a documentary about the My Pillow guy, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in. I'll, I'll put some money toward that. Yeah, it's okay. kind of like our videos that we're doing, our animations. The animation of Eddie Vedder and yeah. you talking <laughs> is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. When, when the in the animation you're shaking, crying. Yeah. And just your reaction that they captured it so perfectly. It's so so I, I was so proud funny. of that. I know. It is so, so funny. Um, well, I'm glad that you're home and comfortable, but I do miss you. We had a couple moments together, and that was it. Yes. And now we're far apart again, and uh, I guess that's just the way it goes. You know? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like being far apart, and you and I walked out of our little... Uh, session before the Eddie Vedder episode aired and that little segment that we did actually in person and it was markedly mm-hmm. better. It, it was, was easier. Nice. It had a nice flow to it. I could actually look at you. Mm-hmm. There was no delay. I know. Well, maybe since since baseball is going to be canceled, maybe you'll have some more time to come out and no, see No, it's me. not. Yeah, it it's will. Not, not yet. Yeah, well, we'll just wait. It's going to be a chain reaction. It's going to be, you know, fucking MLB COVID-19 and it's not going to be sustainable. There's too much, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's not it's not promising right now. The 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 New York teams are doing well, which is which is good. Um, mm-hmm. L.A. is doing well. The big market, a lot of the big market teams are actually not only knock on wood, COVID free or spike free, but they're also performing well. So I think there's there's a lot of interest in getting this season in the books and i th- i think it's it's going to take a lot to cancel it maybe they need to have fauci manage a team and burks manage a team you know and trump and <laughs> pence the scarves yeah yeah Is get it scarves get, or scarfs get, get the whole get the whole crew all the crew who who is sort of dealing with the pandemic the, the admiral doctors. 
the, the admiral. admiral. Yes, exactly. The um, the professor the and the Mary the surgeon here on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> the Surgeon General. Uh, no, it's fun yeah. to watch. It's fun to watch, though. I mean, it's fun to watch sports again. I'm into basketball for sure. That's been fun. Um, I haven't watched one second. I've been watching hockey over here uh, yeah. a lot because that's big in St. Louis. Let me tell you something that happened before our guest jumps on here in the next five or so minutes. Danny Trejo, who I cannot wait to talk to. But uh, the last night we were on our trip, we went to a fundraiser, a COVID-friendly fundraiser, a very intimate gathering, masks aplenty. And my wife was dancing and one of her girlfriends was dancing near her and was like, ah, we're 18 again and ah, jumping around and j- fell into Michelle, who then fell into onto the floor where there was an outdoor party. Uh, there was a floor speaker and she slammed her rib cage with this oh. other girl on top of her into the floor speaker. And we spent the rest of the night in the hospital. Uh, no. Getting CAT scans and going to the emergency room. It was unbelievable. They did a great job. Swedish hospital in Denver. Uh, but my God, what a what a terrible end to the trip. That was the get out everybody moment. Can I have a, I'm going to need to back up. Did you say a Swedish hospital in Denver? Like that's, sw- that's the name of it. Swedish hospital. It's a, it's a, it's a name. Oh, so like, there's not like all Swedish people working there? I was wishing. <laughs> it looks like you need a cat scan. Your ribs, your ribs look like they're bruised. <laughs> wow! Like the Swedish, amazing. what was this? The Muppet, the Swedish. Cook oh yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. Chef. Or take, his name a, was. take, take, take a pinch of the. Oh, it looks like you have two broken ribs, eh? Or uh, John Candy's character in uh, oh, yeah. Splash. That's when right. He did the. He walked up with twelve inch of pain. That's, did she have? <laughs> did she have broken ribs? Uh, no breaks. No punctured lung. Severely bruised ribs. You can. It's like. It's yeah. like Gorbachev's head on the wow. back of the back. What did? What I did guess you? The back for back is redundant. Who is this woman like that fell on her? Did you? Oh know my her? god. Well, here's the thing, and I don't want to make this about me, but it's my name's on the podcast. I mean, that was a night where we were finally, you know, away from the twins. Mm-hmm. It was our re- for, first night out in a long time since we saw you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was going to be, let's just say, a fun night. Let's just say that was going to be, there was going to be a good ending to that night. Mm-hmm. However, the ending was in Swedish Hospital ER yeah. and in a CAT yeah. scan machine. And so... Yeah, nothing went on, and that was just like the frustrating. I'm not, again. It's not about me. It's not. But but let's be honest. No, most most hey, men make it about them. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's definitely put a damper on your sex life for the coming weeks. Yeah, you know, you know that's that's. Kind I was of just bummer. worried about that night, and now the long term effect of this. Of thing course, just, let's let's be let's madden. be clear. Let's be clear. When you were going to the hospital and trying to take care of your wife, you were not thinking about love making and how that's going to affect, you know. No, I future. was. No, oh, okay, no, sorry. Was I, was, I was trying to defend. Was trying to defend you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It was on my mind. Uh, I mean, she looked amazing. It was just phenomenal, and then yeah. you know mm. that. Then then her friend, you know, does that. It's it's but, uh, you know, 
God, not I'm easy, man. But she's good. She's good. If if it was more serious, and here's the thing. Her upper back, her rib cage, which she has no padding, like if it was me, I, it would have bounced right off of it. But mm-hmm. she that was what, a foot and a half away from mm-hmm. her head? Mm-hmm. So that could have been that, that could have been, been really bad, yeah. Well, I ate shit two days ago. I ate shit on my mountain bike. And uh I'm limping I'm limping around right now. I mean, I got there's that. Well, anyway, my point is I ate shit and it hurts very badly and I'm trying to keep up with my kids who are just flying 30 feet in the air off of these jumps and uh, it's humbling as a father when that happens, when your kids exceed sort of your ability, your own ability and now I'm playing, I felt old, I'm trying to play catch up, you know, and I just, I I have to, um, I have to just relent, it's just not going to happen. I got to get it off my mind, but it's the first time that I've dealt with my kids being better at me than something. And, uh, it's a moment. It's a moment. You know, I get frustrated. I get angry. Wilder, my oldest is like, what's wrong with you, dad? And I'm like, I'm just pissed. I I just, I'm pissed that I can't do it. I can't get there. And he's like, well, just have fun. I mean, he's literally teaching me just to let go. He's pumping you up. Here's one more thing that happened. I came back and this woman who is, is is like part helper around the house, part babysitter, part every, you're like a catch-all. Mm-hmm. While we were gone for the better part of, of a full month, she went through my bathroom drawers. Mm. And I don't know that there's anything more personal That's crazy. than somebody's bathroom drawers and what's in there. And I also have everything in its spot. So now... Everything's been moved all mm-hmm. over the place. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering, what did she see in well, my bathroom drawer here's the better that I question. have to be embarrassed about? The better question is, is there anything in your bathroom drawers that you could or should be embarrassed about? And what are they? Yeah, I mean, there's... No, I mean, embarrassed? I don't know. Medication? Some, you know, is there any medications? No. Is there any? No, what, that would be crazy if there was something in there like, oh, she found, uh, oh, Joe does heroin. <laughs> right. Well, speaking she's like, of heroin, we have a guest coming on today who was hooked at, on heroin at twelve. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that that what an amazing man he is. By oh, the way, God. I mean, you were texting me last night about every time you cried, you would text me, and and I got like ten texts saying crying, crying, crying. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> I gotta bring it's that great. up with him too. Yeah, the documentary is is great. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like like sex stuff. Oh. I guess maybe maybe and Michelle should be embarrassed more than me. But I don't. It's think, on my side. Yeah, I mean, you have like dildos on your side, and that's you know. No, I don't even know if it would qualify as, as that. Um, mm. I don't know. It's just the point is there's shit in there from like when I was 18, mm-hmm. probably the same. I remember I got, I had like a sunspot on my face and it's, mm-hmm. it's like this liquid chemo stuff that'll burn stuff <laughs> off your face. And I've had the same tube since I was like 23 <laughs> and I'm 51. I, think I mean, it's... there's gotta be an expiration date. on. Yeah, dude, don't put that anywhere near your face. Uh, you know, it's, it's fine. What's the worst that can idea. happen? So many things. Who knows what happens when they're expired? You never know. It could just melt your face off. You don't even know. I, if you know, if you need to get rid of a sunspot, I will suggest that you just get a new 
prescription. Just start over? Yeah, I think you should just start over. There's Danny. Hey, what's up? Ah, hey. What's up, buddy? How you guys doing? How are you, man? We're thank doing you for, good. Uh, thank hey. you for coming on. Hey, thank you. I, I'm just recovering. We were just talking about this, Danny. I'm just recovering today from watching your documentary last night. And I, I'm saying recovering because as it starts out, you know, you, it's it's the story that that gets you going and gets you pulled in, and then by the end, I'm like a crying baby watching <laughs> your life, and I, I kept texting Oliver, like I'm crying again, I'm crying again. I can't. Yeah, wait no, to no, have dude. Danny he would. On. I would get texts every three and a half minutes. I'm crying. I'm crying. <laughs> then another five minutes. I'm crying. I'm like, shit, man. You. you t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. And now Danny's crying. Or is it no. allergies? No, he's allergies? crying. No. He's crying. I, I just got to tell you, not to be corny, but I think there are just certain people that are put on this planet to help others and to know where you've been and know where you are after watching that. I mean, you're you're like an angel walking among us. I, I, I was wow. blown away. And, and I say this because I, I look at you as a very confident person that can act with De Niro and all these different people and didn't have your training came in, in prison. And and you talk a lot about that, but the time, the only time I saw you look nervous or at least hesitant was when you walked in to talk to prisoners or people who were at risk or people who were, because I've, I sense like that's something where, you know, you're acting, you can do another take. But for you, when you walk into that room, man, you want to nail one it. Shot. Am I right about that? Got one shot. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's kind of a, a deja vu feeling, you know, because prison, any prison has a certain smell. It has a certain taste. It's it's you've never felt tension the way you do in prison. It's tension. It's fear. It's hate. It's everything. And and the minute you walk in, you know, have you ever put one of those funny pennies in your mouth? Yeah, it's like the metallic. Copper. Yeah, it's it, it, you get that. And uh, when you when you walk into San Quentin, it's so funny. Everybody's going, and what they're doing is tasting that that tension you know take some there's no other place in the world i guess maybe like soldiers on the front line might might feel that tension and i don't mean to any way to put like like myself with the with the the glorious people that we got serving the front line i'm just saying the fear of death Mm. god (laughs) man well let's go back so you were born where and brothers and sisters I was born in Maywood, California, and the reason was, I was born in 1944. They took my mom to the general hospital, but the general hospital was actually full of soldiers. You know, in, the one on on on, on sure. uh, in L.A. It was mm-hmm. full of soldiers in 44, so they had to take my mom to Maywood General to be to be born. You know, and and that's that's where I was born in Maywood, and then uh, I lived with my mom. Uh, for three years and uh and then uh my dad came and uh picked me up you know and threatened my mom if she ever tried to get a hold of me and kill her or something and 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 took me and uh now they call it kidnap but there it was uh 
kind of taking your son. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. So wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait your, your, was your dad not present for the first no, three years? No, no, he was, I was with my mom, you know. And, okay. And, uh, well, see, all my family was from Texas. Okay. You know, everybody. My And, and in fact, my grandfather was so sure that Texas was going to succeed from the union that when the women would get pregnant, he would bring them to Texas so the babies would be born in Texas. All my cousins, everybody my age was born in Texas. My dad came out to California to work. He was with the he was from 38th Street, the 38th Street gang. And he was from there and got with my mom and then went back to Texas. And I guess nobody knew my mom was pregnant and, and she had me here. So when he came back, he found out he had a son. So Ah, okay. And then, and then was she, was she willing to give you up to your father to be taken back or? My dad was probably one of the meanest guys in the world. Um, you know, uh, he was he wasn't the kind of guy you argue. You know how, you know, how some people got that look that says, yeah. I'm going to kill you. And, uh, yeah. and then I'm going to go kill the guy that dry cleans your clothes. You know, that kind of look. And, and he just, that was him. He had a look that there would, Turn tough guys to sissies, you know. And, and, uh, and uh, but what 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 was your relationship like with him? You know, was did you have what did you have one? I mean, did you emulate him? Did you look up to him as a young boy would? I was three, you know, and my yeah. dad got me, gave me to my aunt, and I grew up with my aunt. It's funny, it's, I hate to admit it, but I grew up with my grandmother, five aunts, and five girl cousins so i did pp sitting down for a long time you know <laughs> but, but then you made the switch back <laughs> and See, your dad said hey no oh, son of mine don't laugh at me. i don't laugh at me home <laughs> no no, no so, li listen to me so. listen to me i still pee sitting down it's just <laughs> it's just more comfortable i mean i thank you I, yeah, I mean, it's like I've well, got if, – if I'm in my own home, I'm going to take a little bit of a rest and sit down and piss. Let me tell you, when I was, when I was eight, I got moved from my uh, – uh, we lived in Burbank on, on the Golden State Freeway. In fact, they took our house for eminent domain, and we, were, they were, we moved into another house. I moved in with the men over in Sun Valley on Penrose, and – I moved in with my dad, my grandfather, my dad, and my dad's five brothers. So shit changed real quick. Yeah. I went from being Shirley Temple to John Wayne in a flash. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you, never, you never peed sitting down again hey, in your life. I found out little boys don't do pee pee sitting down real quick. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it's just weird. It was like complete change. I, I, all of a sudden, I didn't like kitties, and and we liked big dogs and mean dogs. <laughs> I, I even laugh now, you know what I mean? Because my cousin, uh, 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 one of my cousins had a little pomegranian, you know, a little tiny mm -hmm. dog, and uh, it couldn't come around our house because we had Butch, Blackie, and Bossy. We had a big monster killer dogs, you know, and she'd come over, and they'd all try to eat it. And uh, don't breathe, don't breathe that shit too around here. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> but it's funny, isn't it? As you look back, or not funny, but it's interesting that you were one way, then you get taken to your dad's side, and then his brother, who we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, your uncle. Yeah, my uncle but, but Gilbert. Went, it, it almost it it changed your DNA almost. Oh, you went almost from like completely. A, you know. Go ahead, say I went from a sissy little kid to being this God, man. I started boxing. I started fighting. I started, you know, do my uncle turned me on to grass when I was eight. I started just becoming this this guy that nobody wanted around, really. You weren't a kid. You weren't you weren't a no. you weren't a kid. You were like a, a, a little version of a man and a and like a little tough guy. You know, you say that, but when when uh, my grandmother sent me outside. I was eight, and she sent me outside with to go talk to Gilbert and his friends. He had three friends with him, and because they were reading the Bible, because Mexicans all—if you're a real Mexican in your family—you have this big red Bible that you bought from the guy walking around, and it had gold leaf, and it was twenty-two dollars, and you had ten months, ten years to pay it at uh, four dollars, uh, four dollars a month. You know, it's like. <laughs> the interest was killing. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, probably sounds like a great a, deal for the salesman. Yeah, ended, ended up ended up like a like a like a hundred and forty six thousand dollar Bible, and <laughs> and there was a place to put everybody's names. But my uncle was out there reading it with his friends, and I remember when I walked up there, I had on two guns, two holsters, a cowboy hat. And a a, a, a a necktie or whatever you call it, and, and a hanker. I was I was a cowboy. I was playing cowboys, and I remember them saying, "Let's get him loaded." You can, and, and you know they were smoking weed out there, looking at the Bible. And um, mm. wow, <laughs> yeah, I, what an no, introduction. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't uh, smoke weed because this is like the early fifties. And they didn't have the pretty kind of paper that you lick a little and, 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 you know, and, and it's all stuck. Mm -hmm. You got them real. (laughs) And then hand it to somebody to smoke, you know? And so I couldn't do it. So they, I got a bag and put it over my head, put a hole in it, just keep blowing smoke in it. So I was either going to get loaded or die, you know, suffocating. (laughs) I just remember just being like, crazy just running through the house screaming yelling and just having a blast you know and it and that was it i started i became a little weed head and it was mm-hmm. that was my uncle and you gotta and, and let me say this man nothing bad about my uncle okay my uncle was the greatest guy in the world he just did what he was supposed to do you know everybody that's ever gotten loaded has gotten the cat loaded, the canary loaded, you know, a lot of people don't get their little nephews loaded, but, but, you know, the dogs were too mean. We didn't have birds and there was no cats around our neighborhood because the dogs. they got me loaded. And, and that was just it. And from then on, I just, I learned how to roll weed at nine, 10. I could, you know, I knew all the terminology. I learned it and that was it. That was, I was off and running. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you were just accepting of this lifestyle, like you knew that, like this is this is just the path that you were on, right? I mean, well, you know what the the difference. One of the things that I I I I say, you know, is that time is the most important thing in a kid's life, 
and parents, I know a lot of parents, they're so, they're so locked into their job and, and, and moms that are so busy that they just don't have time. My mom and dad, and no, nothing against my mom. They didn't have time. They were busy. My dad had to get a house and my dad just had, it was his job to, to get a house and to get a nice car and a pickup truck for work. You know, that takes time. And my mother, my mother started cooking dinner at 1.30 before my dad was coming home at, at five and dinner was ready and it was immaculate. And, and so I was just kind of like, my uncle was the, was the closest thing to a big brother. And it was just, uh, I, I liked him better. My dad came home all tired and sweaty. My uncle was a drug dealer and he always had on a, $200 shoes. And that was the left one. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he had on a you know beautiful shirt. Now it would be called like a Tommy Bahama shirt. And, mm-hmm. and he had on some beautiful slacks and it was just, a, you know, just, just a style master, you know, and, and he didn't seem to, I'd never seen a sweat ring around his shirt. And he never was complaining about his job. And he was never, he never had, didn't have time to talk because he was busy, you know, always, mm-hmm. always, so I just gravitated towards him. He's my best friend in the world. But but it came with a huge price, which which is the give and take of your whole life story. I mean, if, yeah, if yeah, you're, but you if you're what, not. But again, my uncle taught me everything I was supposed to know when I got there. I got to say that, you know, I walked into juvenile hall. I knew exactly how to act. Nobody was going to take advantage of me. And I've watched so many people take advantage of tough. See, because being tough is like a joke. You know, being tough, six inches of steel will take care of any tough guy in the world. So being tough is nothing. And I didn't care about karate experts. It doesn't matter. You know, a karate experts has a real hard time when you sneak up behind them. So, so it's like, like I, I learned this, you know, I learned there was, wait a minute. Uh, there's no such thing as being tough. It's just being ready. Mm. It was just being right now. And uh, the toughest guy I ever met was a guy named Charles Bronson. And, 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 but he was an actor, mm-hmm. a real tough guy, you know, is a guy named Chuck Norris. You know, I watched him very quiet, very polite. All those guys, oh, shut up, get away from me, I'll slap you, bitch. You know, but, but those quiet guys, but, there's another guy named Benny Ukitas. I watched him kick a heavy bag and bend it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I grew up with I grew up with Benny's brother, Mondo. And it's funny because when we were when we were doing Con Air, they got all the wannabe tough guys in Hollywood and put them together. And I'm watching all everything was a contest. If you would spit, somebody would spit further. And then you'd have a spinning car. Somebody did a push up, everything. And Benny would always come and get me and take me away at lunch. And I go, what's your trip, Benny? He goes, Danny, you grew up with my brother. I know you're a bad sport. (laughs) And I I know you don't like jokes, you know? And so, uh, you know, a competition that's no, you know, how do you, how do you win a fight? Stab somebody. It's like, and, it, and 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 so I like I, I don't do that now. I don't I stay away from any kind of competition. 
That's any, you know, I don't get, no, I don't want to race. I don't want to, I don't want to do it. You know, I don't argue because the bottom line to an argument is a murder. So I don't, I won't argue with you mm-hmm. because you're so, not going to, if, if I'm sincere about something and you're sincere about something, let's just stay sincere about something and stay friends. I don't right. care. Dem, Democrat, Republican, uh, uh, Catholic, Protestant, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. Do you understand? If you want to be my friend, yeah. we'll be my friend. Where do you put Kurt Russell on the tough guy list? <laughs> Kurt Russell. Oh, he's cute. I mean, he's a really, he's a he's a really pretty guy. I love his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he 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 says he says to say hello. <laughs> Kurt, what's up, homie? <laughs> <laughs> There, there, there is a side to you, Danny, that with, with all that you just said, though, that there, there's got to be an inner sweetness that's there that's been tapped into. Yeah, you don't yeah, believe yeah. that? Well, I, well, you I, have yeah, to I, have it. I watch I, the way your I, kids I, talk about I, you. I, I watch I, the way yeah, but you're not what supposed you to tell do with people. your life now. <laughs> you're yeah, ruining my career. Just, just I know. my whole career. Yeah, no, Joe, I shut know. the fuck yeah. up, Joe. Jesus. Now I'm going to get the... I'm going to get the part of Bambi's mom or something. Yes, exactly. You'll be Thumper. (laughs) Uh, Listen to me. You've got it. I'm telling you, your kid, that was the best thing that I came away from that documentary. We'll we'll give all the information and all that because it's a great documentary and I highly recommend it. And by the way, I could have rented it, but no, I bought it because I'm thinking you're getting a slice of that. And if you're bothering to come on our podcast, you're, you're better than rental money. I bought the damn thing. So I own it. Thank you so much, Um, man. But, but what I came away from the the doc most with was how your kids considering where you came from and your childhood and your dad and your uncle. And now you've got your kids talking about you the way they talked about you. I I don't know how you don't watch that every day and just, just focus on what they're saying. You know what? My kids. Oh God. I remember one time we were sitting on the couch and and my daughter had real straight hair and all her little friends had bushy curly hair. And she was saying, daddy, I want, I don't have, God was mad at me. No, 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 no. So I, when I would, I was a single parent. I'd give her a bath. And then when her hair was wet, I would, I would put it all in little tiny braids, and in the morning it would be like all bushy and so daddy's magic, you know. But I remember I was braiding her hair one time, and I was looking at all the pictures I had of me in the past and stuff, and and I was just kind of real nostalgic. And she kind of said, "Daddy, what's the matter?" I says, "Oh, I'm thinking about how I was before I met you guys, and uh, and my." My daughter says, how were you, daddy? And my, my little son jumped up and goes, ooh, he was a bad man. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, God, we all just like, just, we were like on the floor. It was so, because they know my, they know my history. You know, they've known my kids were, and even, even working, my kids were on the set of, of, uh, from dusk to dawn, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they were being on movie sets with me all they know the difference between fake blood and real blood and real shooting mm-hmm. and not shooting, you know, and I'm, I'm really glad they did because they kind of grew up. They went through their drug trials and all stuff, and they knew who to who to turn to when they wanted help, you know. Well, so, I, let me, uh, yeah, I'm going to say, like, given, given your circumstances growing up and how you grew up, you know, when you started to have kids, how did you either want to emulate some of the things that you had as a child or how how, how much were you resistant 
you know, to, to, to grow, to yeah. ha- raising your kids the way you were raised? Let me tell you something. I, I tell my kids, I love them probably every 20 minutes. I tell them the most important thing in my life. I'll always have time for you. I think time is so important. Go so important. I don't care what I was doing if my kids, Hey dad, can you, yeah, I'm there. You know, yes, I'm there. And even though me and their mom weren't together for a long time, uh, God, we're still in each other's life. I said, I, I put her through law school and, and, uh, and, uh, because she remarried and had two children, both with autism. So I, 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 uh, I, you know, when you have one autistic child, you've just lost your job. That's your job. Now there's Mm. no way you can work with it. You know, and, and she was having a tough time. So me and my son, who's a beautiful, just unbelievable. He was the one that managed the whole thing. We, we, paid a big chunk of her mortgage so she'd be caught up and then just kind of like I got I, I got both of them living with me and she's working at Tarzana it's because she's a, a she's a nurse she was a nurse first and then became an attorney we put her through law school and she passed the bar and then when this pandemic hit she's a she's a nurse as an advocate for uh uh, uh special needs children I mean, she's a, an attorney mm. for special. So when this hit, the schools closed. So she went to being in a nurse and she's working at Tarzana now. And, and I got the kids, you know, so. Good for you, man. That's really an admirable thing to do. Nah, it's not. It's what we're supposed to do. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. You, you know? You're right. It's you're like right. people, and I don't, I don't blame anybody that doesn't. You know, it's like I help. That's what I do. But but then I don't blame anybody that doesn't have time because I ask a lot of Hollywood people, hey, you want to go to juvenile hall or you want to go to prison or, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they're busy. And I understand, you know, they're, they're studying lines and shit. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I don't I don't I don't fault them I, because I owe that's the only difference. I owe my life. And in mm-hmm. fact, I asked God a couple of days ago, how am I doing? He said, Trejo, you're almost out of hell. Keep it up. Just keep <laughs> I'm still working. <laughs> but but I, the way I you started was how how ironic that the way that you started in the acting world was you going to help somebody that was on a set yeah. that was struggling, was, and now look at you. I was making I was probably making about maybe a hundred ninety dollars a week as a as a drug counselor, and that's before taxes. You know what I mean? And and then. Uh, and so I, they got me this little gig as a, as a, one of the guys that I was sponsoring got me a gig as an extra. And it was the most beautiful thing I've ever done in my life. Cause you'd stand there and say, look me. And I just stand there and they've got director. Oh, that's great. You know? And cause I just had a mean look. And, and, and one night we went to this, uh, he called me and said, hey, he picked me up. We're going to this one film that they gave us it was called runaway train. And uh, and we went, and I ran into a friend of mine named Eddie Bunker, and Eddie says, "Hey, you're Danny Trejo, yeah." He says, "I saw you win the lightweight and the welterweight title up in San Quentin, Danny," and I said, "Yeah." And he said, uh, "Hey, are you still boxing?" I go, "No, I'm 40 years old. I'm not gonna get hit in the face anymore." He said, "We need somebody to train one of the actors how to box." John Voigt saw me, the director saw me, Eric Roberts saw me. And they, I would be a good match for Eric because they had another kid uh, to fight Eric, but he was like a pretty boy. You know, what I mean, you know, he was like uh, 
you know, he was, I mean, it, Mike it Oliver, go ahead and say it. It, did, cool. it didn't look right. It didn't look right. But, but, you know, prison, you prison, you got mean guys, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so Eric and Eric wore tight shorts. I kept like, you don't wear tight shorts in prison, Eric. No, but this looks good. Okay. So he <laughs> oh, wore God. tight shorts, you know, and, uh, and, uh, they might've been Julia's shorts. <laughs> well, well, I mean, this pretty boy and Eric, and Eric is is, is pretty as Julia, you know. And so, right, yeah. So, so uh, they they look like twins, and and so so uh, if they picked me to fight Eric, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, when Eddie told me they paid three twenty a day, I said, "How bad you want this guy beat up?" I thought, <laughs> uh, no, I thought Eddie was mad at somebody who wanted me to. I said, "Okay, I'd have done it for another fifty bucks." And uh, and so I started training Eric Roberts how to box for the movie Runaway Train. And they let me choreograph the fight, and uh, it was funny that the 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 stunt coordinator saw me, and he he came to me and he taught me movie punches, and and afterwards he said, Danny, you know the first the first boxer that I've ever worked with that will listen, because like throwing a jab the right way does not. It does not it doesn't look right. It doesn't, doesn't look show. Fake. It, it, it doesn't work. You can't work, even see right. it. You know, you can't even see. You got to get. And so I, I immediately, he's the boss. I, I learned how to follow direction. And, and in fact, he offered me another. I went from job to job to job to job. The first five years of my career, I played inmate number one. You know, that's why we named the, the documentary inmate. I played inmate number one, bad guy, Cholo Vato. Uh, tattooed guy, tattooed vato. Uh, yeah, that's all I played the first five years of my career, and I thought I had a career going because they were paying me three twenty a day. And mm. uh, what was your first role? What was your first real role? The, well, you know, I had a I had a movie uh, in, a, in a, a a role in a uh, a movie called Penitentiary Three, and I was I played the part of Severe, and I was just a boxer, but but I had a name. The first time I ever had a real part, I played Art Sanella in a movie called Death Wish Four with Charles Bronson, and he was one of my heroes, man. And it was he was just, you know, he's an actor, but he was tough. He just there's certain people that you know, you know, you know, might have been something else in another life, and and you kind of know Charles Bronson was, you know what I mean, and. And he was just so cool. We became but friends. But they all liked you. They all liked oh, you, yeah. right? I mean, Bronson liked you. De Niro yeah. liked you. Voight liked you. Oh, there was something real about you that you represented that they didn't well, get well, a lot of in their real in their. Well, you know, the, the thing was, is the parts that I played, <clears throat> Eddie, Eddie always said, the first five years of your career was a character study. The first five years, the first part of your life was a character study. Now you're just playing all the characters. And so I knew, I remember one director, I forget who told me, Danny, I want you to kick in this door and I want you to hold this sawed off shotgun and I want you to take down this poker game. So I kicked this door in and I, I acted like I hit this stunt guy and he flew and I put this shotgun on this big white dude and I said, you know what, let me blow your brains out, buddy. Please, please let me blow your brains out. And it's cut, it cut. My God, Danny, where did you study? And I don't think he got it. I said, bombs, tails, <laughs> uh, piggly wigglies, I, I, you know, thrifties. <laughs> and, 
And so, so, oh, okay. You know, so a lot of this stuff I did for real. And, and really, you have to be able to, when somebody wants to kill you in prison, you have to be able to say, you know, shoot your best shot. Because if, if there's a crack in whatever armor you got, well, then you get stuck. Well, there's no one as, I, there's no one as authentic as you, right? But is there any part of you throughout your career where you have noticed yourself going Hollywood in any way where you're like, all right, Danny, check yourself. Holy, wait a minute. My you know. son. No, my son directed me in a film. It was actually me and him, and it's called From a Son. And I actually, I actually cried in this movie, you know. And 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 every time I would go back to being Danny, you know, every time I go back to being me in this movie, I was supposed to be a dad that was searching for his son, you know. And, and I didn't know if he was dead or alive, you know. And I, and I would say something, and he'd go, "Here, you want my wallet?" Because I, I wasn't I wasn't saying it like a hardworking dad. I was, you know, I I was saying it kind of like, you know, tell me or I'll kill you. And so yeah. he goes, Here, you want my wallet? I go, shut up, Gilbert. How do you want me to say it? And then he would say, Dad, you know, you're you're tragically looking for your son. And uh, you know, it's okay. So, <laughs> and, I, I, and I think, but I don't think you know what I, like if what Eddie one of the things that Eddie taught me, and he said because when I started getting a little notoriety and people started noticing me, mm -hmm. uh, he said, you know, try to remember that the whole world can think you're a movie star, but you can't. Mm. And I, what do you mean? Did you hear and, that Oliver? And listen, no, we walked up to a I'm couple trying, of movie dude. stars, right? We walked up to a couple of movie stars and we stood there and we watched the way people talk to them when they're there, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh you know, and, and, <laughs> and, and then and then they walked away. And that dirty son of a bitch, I like to knock him out, you know. And whoa, you know, and so so obviously this person isn't the the, the, the same person, you know. And if you if you call Robert De Niro a movie star, he no no no, I, I'm an actor. He won't let you call him, and me neither. No, I'm not. You know, I'm, an, I'm a working actor. I'm the same as a guy painting your house. And mm -hmm. if the guy that comes paint your house has too much of an attitude, screw you, get away from me. I want somebody that's pleasant and doesn't think that they're the shit, mm -hmm. you know. And by the grace yeah. of God, I'm here, so. Have you ever been in a fight in a movie? Like a con an actual confrontation, not on screen, but where it's like, I don't no, like this no, motherfucker. No, I, no I've, had to, I've had to tell a couple of people that I beat them to death. You know, say, yeah. hey, get away from me. You know, I don't know. You think I'm Hollywood. I'll kill you. You know, Whoa, what do you mean? You know, I'm, I've had a couple of you. I'm in character. And, well, your character is about to get his ass kicked. You know, because I don't, I, you know, it's like, wait a minute. You know, like me, I can act like the toughest guy in the world. And in fact, a director that I did a movie, with, I can't remember the name. Uh, we did a movie with Mickey Rourke. And I had to be the killer, right? I killed like 15 people in this movie. And uh, Desert Heat, I think it was. With Mickey Rourke. And I would be this bad killer. And then immediately I would go play with my kids. Hey, right after. Mm -hmm. Because I can go back to being that guy for a minute. But I got to get out of him real quick. I don't stay in. I hate people that stay in character. Because mm -hmm. you're at lunch and they're saying, hey, mother, pass the song. I go, Get your mother to pass it, punk. You know, so <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, you know, I might be the toughest guy in the world on screen, 
what uh, uh, please sir would you pass salt you know, mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. i don't want to and i've learned that from you know in prison you got killers and if you know you're not going to disrespect a killer and he's not going to disrespect you so you, excuse me there's some of the politest people in the world in prison that'll kill you mm-hmm. if you disrespect them how, how how did you survive? How do you survive prison? You know, I mean, you've been you were there for a minute, and you obviously you know were transferred to a few different prisons. When you're first going, I know you've been sort of in juvie, and you you know you've yeah. been sort of in the system for a minute. Yeah, but you that, know, how do you survive prison? That that kind of uh, that kind of uh, orientates you. You know, that kind of orientates you. And the reality is that you're there's two kinds of people in prison. There's predator and there's prey. And you have to decide every morning what you're going to be. And the biggest problem, you can decide you're going to be a predator, but somebody down the tier just decided you're going to be prey. So you you have a, a confrontation. That's why it's always good to walk around with a, a magazine tucked into your, into your shirt mm-hmm. and... And the magazine saved my life, you know, because I had robbed somebody in Tracy. I didn't rob them. I just took stuff away from them. They were very angry. When I got to Quentin, they were there. So uh, that magazine saved my life, you know. Is there any acting involved? I mean, I know you're tough. You're, you're a legitimate tough guy. But it's it's funny to me to think about you. You also kind of got – you got all your – your life experience that you take into acting, but back when you were in prison, don't you have to come in and and and, and show a little well, something? Acting you, you know what? I think on my on my resume, I have San Quentin Drama Arts. It's <laughs> on my resume. Amazing, and really. Yeah. I mean, one of the best acting jobs in the world is standing on the prison yard, knowing there's going to be a riot, race riot, some kind of riot. People are mad at each other. You have four inches of steel in your shirt and you're looking around at people and every fiber in your body is scared to death. Yet you have to act like you can't wait to kill somebody. I think that's the best acting you've ever done in your life, you know, and, and people can even get five feet from you and you are acting so well, not saying nothing that they can feel you. Oh, what's up? Well, you'll keep and then, yeah. and you know, that's, that's, they acting. feel that strength. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. That's, you know what there is. And I swear to God, when the, when you hear recall, recall, all inmates, emergency recall, enter yourselves immediately. You go, Oh, thank God. You know, do you, do you get, do you get nervous before scenes as an actor? No, I love Not it. At all. I, you know, you know what? And people, it's so funny that I don't have to, I don't have to, what do you, I forgot what you call it. When you go into the audition, yeah. I, I haven't auditioned in years, but I used to love it because you get to go in and find out what they want you to do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people hate it and can't do it. I love doing voiceovers and I love doing, I love doing that stuff because you mm-hmm. can just do whatever you want. Do you, do your kids look back at old Trejo, you know, and who he was and, and how do they, how do they deal with that? Is it, is it, is it all fun and fun now? I mean, are they, yeah, yeah. it is. They, 
okay, uh, my daughter, every once in a while, she'll, I'll be doing something really stupid. And she go, oh, the guys in the prison yard love that. You know, <laughs> Shut up. I would imagine, I would imagine of anybody, your daughter is the one that can oh, get right God. into your soul oh, and stuff like God. that. She's amazing. She is so amazing. Right now we have a, uh, me and her doing a business. She's doing Trejo Tacos uh, masks. You know, she has a, 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 biz, a business called Dirty Water Vintage. And uh, and it's a dirty water, dirty water mm-hmm. vintage. And she uh, she's been. I had like four old uh, uh, Pendleton shirts I had for years. They're just in my closet, right? And she sold them like I think for four hundred dollars each. And I said, "Where's my cut?" They're dead. But it was so cool. And then. I call her and she goes, Dad, I just sold a T-shirt for you know four hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. I mean, God, I said, Dad, honey, what's the difference between vintage and old? Four hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> old, you throw out. Vintage, you sell for four hundred dollars. Yeah. And so she's doing so good. Do you have a tough time saying no? I do have a tough time. Is there, I feel like you, you walk around, like you said, you asked God the other day and he said, you're almost out of hell. I feel like you always feel like you got to repay, yeah. repay, uh, repay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my program, we have a thing. You never refuse a request. And unless I'm doing something that I can't get away from, I have time. And they told me a long time ago, a guy named Johnny said, he says, a busy man has time to do everything. And and I do. I have time to do everything. We pass out food. We pass out. Every time we pass out food, women will always ask us, uh, do you have any Pampers? I, I forgot Pampers are so expensive. I bought 150 boxes of Pampers. And they're expensive, right? I didn't know. Yeah. But but Mario, my assistant, right? I met him in San Quentin. But he, uh, he, uh, he said, man, we went from shot callers in San Quentin to passing out pampers. And we <laughs> laughed, right? And then he says, do you realize if we go to the joint, we'll have a nickname like, hey, Huggies, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Huggy <Loves>. Bear too. <laughs> yeah. Did your kids, did your kid, any of your kids go into the business? I know your daughter is in, in my vintage s- clothing. My son is a director. And right now he's directing music videos and music videos for every, it's unbelievable. They love him, and he just, you know, I wanted him to be in front of the camera because he's so good looking. And mm-hmm. guys, like, I told him, don't ever go to the joint, Gilbert, because you will be a killer or a miss. And so, and he, he's a, he's a, he's just this beautiful kid, and I, I kept trying to put him in front of the camera, but he would end up talking to the camera guy, and then he'd end up talking to the lighting guy, and then he'd be talking to the grips. He learned everything there was to learn about movies, and. He, He's a director, you know, so. Interesting, though, that you named him after your uncle. As my guy. Well, you got to remember that, like I said, I remember when my uncle tried to make amends to me right before he OD'd and died. Mm-hmm. And I said, Gilbert, you put me where I am, whether you know it or not. You know what I mean? Whether you know it or not. If it wasn't for you, I'd probably just be like a Republican driving a Volvo, you know, and trying to, <laughs> trying to work. 
you know, work and not having time for my kids. And it's uh, like Joe. And, uh, and so I, don't I have a Volvo, I, I just, <laughs> you know, and so, so whatever I had to go through, Gilbert was an instrument. He was kind of like my spiritual guide. He's guided me through juvenile hall, through youth authority, through camps, through prison, through every prison in the state of California. How's so, his boy doing? Because the, hey, the doc ends with him getting out. Yeah, let me tell you something. He went to prison when he was 17, got out when he was 55. Oh, and uh, and uh, we got him out. We talked to Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown, I love you. I don't know where you're at now, but I love you. And uh, we talked to Senator Bell. We talked to Scott Butnick, who has an unbelievable program for lifers. We've gotten, we've gotten almost 4,500 lifers out of prison because you're a different guy when you're 16 and 17 and now you're 50, you're a different person. And, and, uh, and as long as they don't have any kind of heinous crime, you know, uh, they, we got him out of prison and Gilbert, we got him out. He, in fact, his name is in the law book as a, as a precedent, a precedent. Yeah. Precedent. Yeah. Precedent. yeah. yeah for, for, uh, juveniles being able to get out of prison. And, uh, he right now he's building. He's in the electrical union. He's building the 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 stadium for the Rams here in Inglewood. And he kept sending me pictures. Hey, check this out. Hey, check this out. And I'm just so proud of him. You know, and uh, that's great. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and, and where was but where was your dad during all of this? I know Gilbert was the one who was raising you basically. Yeah, yeah. But where you know was what? he my, during all? Of this? My dad lost control when I was 13 completely. Man, I was shooting okay. heroin. I was drinking. I'm gone. And uh, and uh, uh, you know, again, my dad was. You know, my my dad was fixated on work. You had to work. You had to. You know, and he his his ambition for me was to was to get out of school and and work construction with him you know and oh, God, i'm sorry i didn't want to work construction you know i i, I seen how it broke his back mm. you know and and uh I, I i didn't want to work hard i wanted to work smart mm-hmm. you know and that's what gilbert said you got to work smart and but, but he meant dealing drugs that and it's not the smart way to go and i tell right. people that the problem is that once you hit juvenile hall, you honestly feel like you've been thrown away. You know, you're there and I've been thrown away. So mm-hmm. now what do I do? Let me learn how to live here. So when I go there, I'm just hope. I tell them, look, I'm a time traveler. I traveled to where you're going. Now you can get off this bus right now because it doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you end. And but you know what? The the most gratifying thing in the world to me is to be in, in Louisiana somewhere at some airport and some kid come up and say, you know, hey, you know what, Danny, I'm 30 years old, man. And uh, I heard you talking juvenile hall and uh, wow. I got a wife, a kid that you changed. my ah, And it's like hard for me. I've mm. gone to the bathroom literally once and just like sat down. And peace sitting down just to, <laughs> just, to, just, just as a so, throwback. Just to remember, man, geez, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you. Because you know what? That was the blessing for my life right there. You know. Does it all go back to that promise or that that request or plea you made to God when you were in solitary? I, I, well, you know what? Whether it is or not, I think it's become a habit. 
I think helping people has become a habit. We're the guys, my friends, all, all of them got thermal underwear and socks in, in their car. We're the guys that go buy 16 hamburgers from McDonald's, even though I don't eat it because I, I eat real good, but 16 hamburgers and just take them and pass them out. We're the guys that if we're driving down the street and we see you moving a, 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 a refrigerator with your wife, we'll stop and yell from across the street because if we run up on you, you'll call 911. But we'll say, hey, you know, you want some help? And and we'll go help them. And God, is so beautiful. And they God, try to, you're unbelievable. Try to, try to hand you 20 bucks and you kind of say, no, no, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And walk away. And yeah, but it's not, I'm not, I'm, it makes me feel good. Do you understand? Yeah. It's like, Mario, same thing. It's like when we walk away from helping somebody, it's like, don't you, yeah, shit, I feel great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it is. It's yeah. feeling good helping somebody else. Do you try to instill that? Do you try to instill that into your kids? You know, I mean, they do. Like, look, they do already. They do. Yeah, all of them. All they they do. They know. My daughter won an award. I'll never forget. She was passing out food on Thanksgiving night here in Venice, and it had this huge line. And I had just bought, I think, a thousand dollars worth of thermal underwear and i told her she said, i said what are you doing she's passing down food dad we're getting ready i said you know i got all this thermal underwear she says oh bring it bring it so i i, I took it because i would just buy some more but i took it and she says and people said dad the thermal underwear because it was real cold at thanksgiving and she said the thermal underwear was the hit some people didn't even want to eat they just wanted the thermal underwear mm. and i said great great you know because that's ah. That's what, that, thank God. Yeah, I, I, they went through their problems with drugs and stuff, but thank God they knew where to go. And How did you handle that, me, though? How did you handle that? I mean, when they're getting into broke, drugs, you've been down that path, you know, as a dad. Broke my heart. Broke my heart. Felt Ugh. like a total failure. Felt like just you phony, you can't even help your own kids. And I remember Chispas, one of the leaders of the Mexican mafia that got out and found Jesus. He told me, because we were at a speaking engagement at uh, high school, and I almost started to cry because I started thinking about my kids that were out shooting dope. And I says, I can't do this, man. I'm here talking to these kids and my kids. He says, Danny, the good Lord wants you here right now because they want to hear. He wants those kids have to hear what a dad is going through, what their dad is and I did. And you know what? And the kids started crying. And not for me, but because what they were doing to their parents. And it was amazing that after I felt so cleansed. And then we went. But I, I owe my I owe my son's life to Mario Castillo, my, my sister. Because when I was out of the country, he was finding my son. And but were you were did you have a big part in getting your kids clean and trying to put them on the right path? I tried. I tried. And, and it's really hard for a parent. A parent has to be able to get their kids to somebody that they can identify with, somebody that they can gravitate towards. Toward. If my uncle Gilbert would have been a baseball player, you'd have seen me spitting tobacco right now and pounding my mitt. Hey, madam, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it wasn't. And so I got my kids to people that that knew 
what to do with a young well, person that was in your though. opinion though Danny like why do you in your opinion if you were to pinpoint it why do you think your kids got into that shit like what was it why do you think that from okay. your perspective I honestly believe I honestly believe it's kind of a six five pick them everybody thinks that there's a war on drugs there's not there's a war on drugs there's a war on kids there's a war on drug addicts because you look at vaping my mother, my dad, my grandmother would never want cocoa puff flavored vape, mm -hmm. you know? So it's aimed right at our kids, mm -hmm. you know? Strawberry flavored vape, you know? It's aimed right at our kids and drug companies. Come on, man. It's like, you know what? Hey, beer comes, same thing, everything. It's aimed right at our kids. So they're, they have to have, they have enough alcoholics. They need more. You know, they have enough drug addicts that are that are hooked to I mean we got we got all the chemicals that we give kids, all the pills that we give kids, Adderall, the rest of them. And so it's like, wait a minute, man. You know, they haven't got a chance. And then all they need is somebody with a little bit of charisma to say, it's some good weed on you. Yeah. You know, so if you don't teach your kids about drugs, their connection will. Mm -hmm. and, do you and take so responsibility did, for that? I mean, do you do you sort of put that on your shoulders at all, or or, or absolutely no? you do? Well, I got to say, I got to say that I put it on my shoulders, but I thank God my kids knew where to go when mm -hmm. they I showed them where to go. You know where to go. Twelve step programs, therapy. You know, get yourself a good role model. You know, and uh, and my son has has, has told. Uh, uh, Mario, hey, I, I owe you my life, home. My Mario used to pull my drug out of cocaine dorms and tell everybody, yeah, go ahead, I'll kill you if you move and yank him out of, you know, when I was in Germany or when I was, you know, and Mary Matickle and my, my daughter's mom got her into rehab, mm. you know, and uh, mm -hmm. so... So I had to have people that knew what they were doing. I thank God I did have people around me that knew what they were doing when it came time to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you said earlier that you eat really well. I I'm blown away. You're 76 years old. I mean, that's you, crazy. Uh, that's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you, you, whatever the hell you're doing, wherever you've been, whatever you're doing now, uh, you should write a book about that. Cause you, I mean, you couldn't look any better. You couldn't look any healthier, more fit. You're, you're going at seemingly 24 hours a day. Right now, How do you do, do all that? Do you know who Donald Logue is? Donald Logue. Oh, was, absolutely. I love it. My best friend. He's my best, best friend. And he's really one of the only Hollywood guys that I'm really ace deuce best friends with because it's real hard to stay close to Hollywood guys, because we're always moving. And doing, Where were you with him? I was trying to put a Reindeer Games. I did a movie called Reindeer okay. Games with him. Yeah, ben and Affleck. Vindice, yeah, and uh, and he was going through a real big thing with his wife when when he was, and so we kind of tied together. And I just told him, "I got your back, Holmes. Don't worry." And uh, and we've just been together ever since. He's just a real good. I friend mean, of he mine. talked about you in your documentary, yeah, which again yeah. I can't recommend uh, enough. Well, Donald, like Donald and I are writing my book right now. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Wait, wait. My memoir. Okay. <laughs> memoir. I like that. My memoir. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I was just going to say, he. first of all, my he's memoirs. a brilliant guy. 
God, he's a brilliant guy, but he, so he talked about you. I can see how close you are because he yeah. talked about yeah. you as if he were almost yeah. there with yeah. you while you yeah. were going through it yeah. well before he yeah. was even on the planet. He's amazing. He's amazing. And, and it's funny because, you know, see, he grew up with nothing but Mexicans. He was from El Centro, which is the Mexican capital of the world. And in fact, he says, I became El Rojo real quick because he's red hair, right? He was a red right. hair Irish guy from El Centro. So that's a population of one white guy in his school. <laughs> <laughs> so my daughters are 24 and 21, and they know you from Spy Kids. Yeah. I texted them last night, and my daughter, who's at USC, said, oh, my God, tell him. I can't get enough of Trejos Tacos. Ben, we got one right across the street from USC. Uh, oh, I know. Taco. You uh, talk about aiming it in kids. You're guilty too. You're aiming that shit right at yeah, kids. Yeah, good food. We got we got vegan. We got vegetarian. We got gluten-free because kids with autism don't do good with gluten. So we got a gluten-free menu because I work with autistic kids. And then I know you can bite into a cow if you want to, you know, and uh, – Right. But but at the end, did you say in the doc that at the end of the day, you don't, all of your ingredients or whatever's left over, you Every, give away. Give it right? away. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is fresh. God. Almost, Jesus, almost. dude. Like, yeah, this is like St. Trejo. I think we need to make uh, a. Uh, uh, well, they <laughs> I'm telling me. you, the guy's funny. an angel walking amongst <laughs> us. I, I, no. That's how I came out of the documentary. In Mexico, it's true. In Mexico, it's so funny because afterwards we, we did this, we did a, a premiere down there. And uh, and we just got mobbed, right? And my kid was with me. Gilbert was with me, and 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 women wanted him to touch their baby. They were saying, "Here, touch my baby, please." To my son, and Gilbert said, "Dad, what did they? they you, you're like the patron saint of gangsters." Or yeah. What the, I said, "I don't know." We're like, but but it was funny. We're like the Beatles, and and there was a when we were there, there was three guys in suits standing and every nobody was close to him and you knew that those were the guys and they looked at me and i looked at them and they gave me a thumbs up you know and for those guys it means that you're all right you know and i said well thank you for not killing me right <laughs> <laughs> you know but it was like really kind of a, a i know it's not an honor but but mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it, it was just. Oh, I got are you are you a grandfather? No, not yet, man. And no, uh, my daughter. I think I. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't, whatever yeah. they want, I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> you know, as, as we wind down, I could talk to you all day. Uh, I'm going to ask you a simple question: Are the Rams going to play, and are the Dodgers going to keep playing? Are we going to Are we going to get this through the year here? Yeah, but we're not going to have fans. In fact, I did a paper cutout of me that they're going to put in the stands. So Perfect. That's gonna be. <laughs> Good. I like it. I love, I, love, I love my Rams. I love my Dodgers. I, mean, you know, mm -hmm. I love the car. I love the Chargers. I love all Los Angeles teams. I'm a Los Angeles fan, mm -hmm. you know? So, so if the Dodgers, I mean, if the Rams and the Chargers go to the Super Bowl, then one half I'll be on the Rams, the other half I'll be on the Chargers. That's all there is to it. Like, well, you're I, I you, you're, a, you're a Lake you're a Lakers fan, right? Lakers, you're not a same thing. Fan. Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. good, good. But good, I used good. to go to the I used to go to the Clippers game with Dennis Hopper. He was a yeah. Clippers fan. There'd be twelve people in the stands, <laughs> including me and Dennis. 
Have you uh, have you been around Scully at all? Have you ever been around Vin? No, no, but I know. Uh, uh, God, I forgot his name. The manager. I got a signed. Oh, Lasorda. Lasorda. Tommy yeah. Lasorda. Yeah, he's, he's a beauty. Cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, man. It it was an. Uh, I'm so glad we got to talk to you. I've never been more excited. Yeah. I've never had the chance of watching a doc before. We. I want to. I want to ask. I want to ask one more thing, just based in, okay. in fatherhood right now. Just as you, uh, you know, as you look back as yourself, uh, yourself as a father, you know, what are the things that you are proud of that you have been proud of as a dad? And what are the things that you wish you could have done better? Well, naturally, I think, I think, uh, I think having enough time for my children all the time, I think that's the one thing that I've done good. Even when me and their mom split up. You know, it was like we were both angry at each other and all that. But, you know, she'll even tell you, I never, I never, you know, I never not visited my kids. And when she got in trouble, I just brought them with me. And that's just the way it is. You know, I just, mm -hmm. I, I think the the best relationship I've ever had, I've been married four times and it's never kind of worked out, but the best real relationship that I've ever had is with my three children. Mm. And, and I'm, I'm married to them three. Mm, great. And what could you have done better? You think if you, if you could change anything, stay with their mom, I guess, but a lot of times that's not good either. Yeah. You know, right. you know, kids don't like yeah. seeing you fight and stuff, yeah. but just making sure that no matter what you have, you have time and they can always get a hold of you no matter what, mm -hmm. you know, here's what I know about you. You're honest. You've been to the depths. You're a saint amongst us. And you braided your daughter's hair. Exactly. You cannot that's, you that's can't all. be a badass, Danny, and braid your daughter's hair. God bless you, man. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right, Danny. Thanks Thank you so time. much. Hey, say hi to your mom. Say hi to your mom. Goldie, I love her. I will, I will, I will. And Kurt says hello. He loves you. I God said we were interviewing Kurt, Danny today. You. He goes, Oh, tell him I say hello, man. He loves that's you. That's awesome. God bless all right, you. Danny. Be well. All right, buddy. God bless you. Thank See you.